Hi, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Skip Miller. And I'm Thibaut Suiris. Every two weeks, we're going to be interviewing thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We're on a mission to change the way people see sales. As you know, sales is a profession that is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet people are afraid to try or really extend themselves. And this isn't really good. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs and M3 Learning. If you want to attend the recording of the podcast episodes and ask your questions to the guests, you can join the Selling Advantage community. It's a $25 a month subscription where you get access to a community of B2B salespeople, exclusive events, and tactical resources to help you close bigger deals faster. Join today and get one month for free at www.sellingadvantage.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom, tools, and tactics, and enjoy the show. So hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, this new episode of Sales Development Talks. Uh, it's also going to be in the B2B Sales Podcast. And today's guest, I've been actually following him for quite a while. Uh, he's been on his journey, uh, you know, like talking about SDR stuff and documenting what he was doing. It's Morgan Ingram. Morgan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, super excited to uh, to have you here. Before we go uh, into more details, everyone in the comments, can you just tell us if you can hear and see us properly? Um, and uh, while we do that, Morgan, can you maybe tell us a bit more about you? I mean, everyone knows you, but for those who don't, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just a quick because you no, know, we're here for the tactics. Like, I started off as an SDR, uh, and then just rose to the ranks through there. While I was an SDR, I created a YouTube channel called the SDR Chronicles and documented my journey when I was a rep. Then I got promoted to a manager. I had 13 reps when I was managing, and we built up that process. And then I got joined or reached out to by John Barrows. I was at I bet JB Sales for four years. I uh, did the training over there. Uh, helped facilitate those trainings and build a program. And then from there, uh, went to helping out with content. And then I recently joined Sales Impact Academy, which is a go-to-market education platform for sellers. If you're SDR, AE, account executive, whatever that may be, like you can actually come into the platform and learn from people who are practitioners in the field. And uh, I'm over there doing all sorts of things, but primary function is helping out with our pipeline generation motion. Okay, nice. And are you going to be building a team there or doing the work? Built, yeah, yeah, built, building the team there, um, helping out building the process. So it's uh, it's my, fav my, my favorite thing to do, which is building things. So it's yeah. exciting. Yep. I mean, I can see, I, I, I could see on, on your LinkedIn, you started the podcast. At some point you were on Twitch. I don't know if you're still there, uh, but you had, you, you're always, always starting something new. And it's something I can totally understand. It's the same for me. I'm just like the thrill of launching something, seeing it work. And once you actually yeah. start working, you're like, oh, you know, let's 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 get someone else to finish this stuff. And then let's start <laughs> yep. yeah. that's me, man. I build it, and then I'm like, all right, like you got it. All right, see you later. Twitch, Twitch was a, a a very fun experiment. Um, but I did it for like. I did it for about six months and then I did LinkedIn live for about a year and a half, but also as well, like I was doing it every single Saturday. Yeah. And then I got to a point where it's like, I needed to take just a rest, um, yeah. but I'm going to, I'm actually going to get back to it again soon. Okay. Still on Saturdays. Still, I'm going to either do Fridays or Saturdays. I haven't made, I haven't made the decision yet. It's Saturdays. It made sense because it was during COVID. Right. So like yeah. 
no one was doing anything. Yeah. So like Saturday made sense. I'll probably do it on Friday since now yeah. like people have gone back to a little bit of normalcy for life. So yeah, I'll probably do it. Probably go back to it. Nice, nice, cool. So we're gonna start something. We're gonna talk about uh, Sales Navigator. I know you're really big on that. Um, I invited you over here because I get a lot of questions on Sales Navigator, and I'm like, yeah, you can build lists with it, whatever. But I, I don't really <laughs> know how to do much more than that. And I know you're really, really good on that. So if you could actually just walk me through, you know, what's your approach to using Sales Navigator would be really amazing. That that so that could be a thousand answers, my friend. So <laughs> so let's let's actually. I want to get a gauge. I just want to get an understanding for everybody in the chat. Like, if you had to rank yourself on your, I would say skills, like your usage or like your understanding or experience on Sales Navigator from one to five, what where would you rate yourself? Like, I'm just curious. On one to five, if you were saying, hey, from like Sales Navigator from one to five. Kyle decided to just break the rules, but from one to five, <laughs> but from one to five, what would you, what would you rate yourself? Cool. I just want to see, I just want to see where everyone's at. Yeah. All right. So we got mo mostly ones and twos. Mm -hmm. We got, we got somebody on the, we got Kyle on the five. Kyle's killing it. Um, oh, only because thanks Kyle. I That's nice. <laughs> I appreciate that Kyle. <laughs> so the thing is, here's what I'm going to tell y'all. If you can take a snippets of what I'm about to tell you, you, you will close more deals and, and get more pipeline. I actually will get I'll 99%, 99%. I have to do the hand sanitizer. I can't guarantee hundred percent, but I can get, I can give you 99.99% of the time. You will, you will gain more pipeline. You will have more revenue. Kyle, if you want to tell the people ever since you've been using the, the tactics of sales nav, have you gotten more meetings and have you increased your closed deals. Like Kyle, just let us know. But like what I'm going to tell you, like if you just have to follow it, the hardest part in anything is just like following the process. Cause like, yes, it can be like monotonous to go into sales nav and do the same thing over and over again, but that's what you have to do. Now, when it comes to sales nav, there's three main components of it. And then we could probably unpack more. Um, and we obviously can answer some questions. So number one is safe searches. That's critical. That's a insanely critical part of this process. Number two is making sure right that you're saving leads and then number three and this this one's really big is finding people that follow your company now this might be different for everyone because you might be like a you might have just started a business or maybe you might be at like a startup that ha doesn't have those followers yet but those are the three primary components so let's talk about safe searches so when you look at safe searches this is great because you don't want to waste time so let's say for example you're like hey i want to go after chief people officers in new york and they have a thousand plus employees maybe that's what you go after now you want to go do that search and also let's actually change that and let's add they change jobs in the past 90 days right mm -hmm. let's do a spotlight so that's amazing so i'm gonna i want to see all the people who are changing jobs that are in this criteria and not have to do that search again and i want to be notified so what you'll do is you want to save that search Right. And when you and the goal is right, when you save the search, it will notify you when new people enter the search mm -hmm. and you're going to create your own inbound engine. And this is what the critical part of sales nav is, because most people just use it just to do a search. But you actually could use it as an inbound function. So, if again, if I save a search of people who are changing jobs in 90 days, they live in New York, they're chief people officers, they have a thousand plus employees. I can look at this every single day and now say, like, OK, is this changing? Is it changing? Is it changing? Right. 
that's like the critical, critical motion there. So that's a safe search. And you have up to 15 safe searches that you can do. Uh, that obviously can be, that could change and that can modify over time. But you have about 15 that you can go up to. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Now save, now save list is also critical as well because I like doing this for all sorts of reasons. For events that I'm having, for if there are like VPs of sales that I want to go after, I'll save a list of those people. I'll even do a save search or not save search, save list on people that I've closed business with. This is a massive one, right? If you've closed opportunities and you've had contacts you've talked to, right? Why would you not go ahead and save those people inside of a list? Once you save them in the list, you're going to get notified of exactly what's going on. And once you get notified, then you're going to have you know better conversations moving forward, right? So again, these are all just different pieces across the board of like, you know, what I'm telling you all. And then yeah. the third piece that I mentioned that's critical is you can actually go and see the people that follow your company. That is a low hanging fruit. They decided to click the follow button. No one forced them to do that. They yeah. did that. So that's another way that you can stand out and break through the noise. So I just gave you three pieces of what yeah. you can do. Um, again, we can obviously distill and ask more questions from there yeah. because I said a good bit. But if you do those, those three alone will save you. But we got more tips we can share. Like the last one strategy, I've seen you posted about that, like I think a year ago or something like that. Mm. I've been trying it. It works so well. You know, when you go at people who are, as you said, following the company and no one forced them, as you said. So so there's some interest. They've, th- they've seen something. They're expecting maybe to, to see your content. And what I found is that everything you described comes to the, uh, you know, it's kind of the first element of personalization that gives you an yeah. excuse, like the trigger to reach out. Because that's the biggest problem we see is that you know, you're going to, I don't know, buy a list, a database of list. 70% is actually bad. And the right. 30% were there. You just reach out because, hey, I bought, I bought this list. So I thought I'm reaching out. And what you told here is giving us like really good excuses for reaching out. Because if, uh, I don't know, VP of sales going into a new company, they're going to have like some initiative they're working with, some problems with that, and potentially you can help. So I think that's uh, yeah. that's really a, a really good way there. Absolutely. Yeah. And so... If we go like the second one you talked about lists, so it's when you interact with people, you kind of tag them in the list and then you're able to see what changes on them or or how is it? Yeah, so that's so basically how it works is that every week you will and you can get this updated via email or you can just go in SalesNav, but you will get you'll get notified that there are new people that have made this switch. So there's a lot of people changing jobs right now. So if I were to do like the chief people officer, Mm -hmm. right? What's happening there is that now I'm going to see every new chief people officer that comes through. Yeah. Like that. So that, so that's what's happening. So every single time it's like, okay, cool. I see a new chief people officer. I need to see a new chief people officer, like, et cetera, you know, whatever that is. Right. So like, I'm continuously like seeing like what's going on, what's happening. And then I, I could continuously keep tabs on that. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's one thing, once we have kind of, let's say a list of people we want to reach out, um, there's this thing called in-mails. So what's what's your what's your opinion about emails? Because oh, personally, God. I've never met anyone successful with that. So <laughs> Any, anyone having that. anyone having successful emails that that wants to talk about this in the chat? Um, look, I I don't. I'm not like a fan of emails at all. I actually encourage people to not send them because it's going to be a complete and utter waste of your time. I'm just. I'm just letting you right now. It's it's not going to be worth it. However, 
if you have like a last ditch effort that you want to make, you absolutely can do that. Most people don't know is if you send an in mail and they do get and they do respond, you will get a credit back. So, you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to do it. Right. <laughs> but it's, yeah. you're just not going to see a massive return from it. I always tell people if you're going to do an in mail, like don't even don't even send like a regular email in the in mail. What I mean by that is I would literally just ask them a question. Right. Like yeah. I would literally just be like, hey, out of curiosity, like, how are you handling your onboarding? Like it would yeah. be something. So it'd be like a text that I would send in the in mail because I've just I haven't seen any success like personalized, relevant messaging. Like I've tried a lot and it just it just doesn't seem to yeah. land. And also because it's a it's a, there's two most of the people don't know there's two inboxes on LinkedIn. Right. Yeah. There's a regular LinkedIn inbox and then there's the sales navigator inbox. So just think about that. There's a regular inbox and then there's a sales navigator inbox. So most people already are annoyed by their regular LinkedIn inbox. What do you think they're going to do when they see another inbox? Probably yeah. never check it and people don't even know it even exists, right? Yeah. Like Andre said, people don't even know. So like the thing is, uh, I would say, look, if you want to do it, cool. I just don't typically recommend it. Yeah. And on, on the second of like parallel inbox, what I found is that it pops up as sponsored. So it kind of looks really salesy. And one thing I've noticed is that, you know, you can do the experience. You type in Google in mails. And if you have LinkedIn doing some kind of ads to try and get you to, to click on that, you'll see it's called lead generation. So it's basically a marketing tool. It's not really a sales tool where we're going to do some outbound and trying to build relationship one-on-one. -on -one. It's really okay. Buy in mails, do a campaign and do a thousand, I don't know, in mails. And you're going to have like good conversion rate for a marketing campaign, but pretty bad conversion rate for an outbound campaign. Yeah. So, yeah. It's gone down year after year after year it has it has not done well and yeah. so i always tell people i oh, yeah i would try to avoid it at all costs i mean inmates work really well for linkedin because they charge you per email you send so it's a really great tool for yeah. them but yeah. for people using it it's not really well oh, oh it's not good yeah yeah what about some other restrictions we have on linkedin which is notorious we can actually we, it's super hard to actually go out and work outside of LinkedIn. So with mm -hmm. Sales Navigator, you have some kind of saving or kind of basic export in Salesforce. But is there any any kind of things you can tell us uh, on this part where, you know, how do you make sure that you are not staying in a silo in Sales Navigator and actually work? Yeah. Your end? Well, yeah. So there's a I think there's a lot of components to this. Uh, so I'll answer it a couple different ways. So depending on your package of sales nav, it can be linked to a Salesforce, for example, but you have to have a certain package. And I think it's like the enterprise package, if I'm not mistaken. So, but if you don't have the enterprise package, you won't, you won't see this button, right? You won't see, you won't see that sync with Salesforce. So you have to be mindful of that. So that's just something that you can either upgrade yourself if you're on your own, or you can go talk to your leadership to figure out like, how do we get this done? So there's that. But there's another component to this that's actually very interesting. Like, cause I'm, I'm like looking at sales nav right now to like speak directly to this. So let's go back to like lead lists, right? So if you go in your lead list and like, if you were like, you know, as you're, you could look at this right now, you actually can see outreach activity, mm -hmm. which I find to be very interesting. So you can go look at outreach activity and see when was the last message sent and when was the last message it says last message received. And basically what last message received means is that they responded to the message. So that's a way that you can track your messaging and how you're going about certain things as well. Because some people 
don't really, you know, aren't really like doing that, right? They're not really like focused on just like putting their putting the people that they contact inside of sales nav in order to see when they've sent the messages, when they've received the messages, etc. So that's just like a little hack there. Um, if you don't have that Salesforce link, and then if you're using like a sales off or an outreach or another tool, I always highly recommend people to really focus in on the component of trying to find your others in like sales off and outreach because it has like other, which would be like. Oh, I think we lost you here. Um, I think we cannot hear you anymore, Morgan. Yeah. Maybe if you can go and toggle mic, I think somewhere there, or I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, it looks like your mic is down. I don't know exactly what's the, yeah. If you want to try maybe rejoin, we can try that. Hello? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, I know. It just uh, it just muted me out of nowhere. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh, yeah, so basically like what I was saying at the end of the day is that you can use different components. So you can go export it to the CRM, which would be like a Salesforce, you know, whatever you have, HubSpot, whatever. And then you also can use list to then track outreach activity as well. And then you can also use like a sales off or outreach and then cross-reference your activities within like a social campaign like LinkedIn or whatever. So that's like the way to track it. Like it's really, it, it's a lot of factors. Like if you have an ops team, are you by yourself? Like, do you not have an ops team? Like you just got to figure out what that needs to look like, but you need to be like, you have to be tracking this stuff. Otherwise, like you're not going to know what's going to work, right? You're just going to yeah. be like shooting from the hip and you don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, one thing I've noticed with the, the, the years working uh, prospecting and seeing teams is that one of the biggest kind of success factor is being able to do this, you know, this kind of task where it's not perfect. You have to work with different kind of things and there's not a system that is actually perfect where you can track everything, send your outreach. You have to kind of get this, uh, you know, make sure that you're not missing on your follow-ups. And so for me, what I found is, you know, having this, uh, building this list, this little system for you, if it's not existing, where you're sure that if you're reaching out to someone, you're going to be able to kind of do your follow-ups. I think that's kind of the biggest success factor I found in uh, in in prospecting is is having this consistency in your follow-ups i found yeah yeah absolutely and that that's why you want to be able to track right what's going on because typically you're probably going to do your messaging on the regular linkedin platform mm -hmm. and if you save your leads into a list it allows you to track what moment what what movements you're doing across yeah. the board as well which is also good absolutely yep. and so once we have the the list of people we want to go after we have some good triggers What's the maybe some kind of cool tactics you, you like to use to reach out to people on LinkedIn or any other channel? Yeah, so the whole the whole goal here is you want to be able to use Sales Navigator as a way that you can shine beacons to get more meetings, right? That's like what it is at the end of the single at the end of the day. And there's all sorts of things that you can do. So I'm looking at right now, if you go to the homepage, which most people just completely skip, like 
they have this something called accounts. So you click accounts on the filter and you can do filter account alerts and you're gonna be looking for account growth. This is just an example. So you actually can see, cause I'm looking at right now, you can see people who have like have job openings, who have hired new executives, et cetera. So I use this information like, oh, wow, they're accelerating growth, they're increasing hiring, their headcount is growing, amazing. So now what I'm gonna do, right, is I'm gonna go in this account and see what roles they're hiring for. And if they're hiring for roles that pertain to my offering, I'm gonna use that when I'm reaching out. And again, most people miss this. So that's that's why I'm that's what I'm doing, right? I'm all I'm trying to do is figure out how can I use sales nav to put myself in the right spot. Another one that most people don't know about, I actually don't talk about this often, is on the homepage. If you go to leads, you can go to career changes. Mm -hmm. This one is massive because now I can see everyone in my network that's changed jobs instead of me going to like the regular LinkedIn list and like going through all that stuff. I can see who's gotten promoted. I can see who has a new position. I can see who's going to like a brand new company. Are they, are they getting, are they have a new position in the company, but like basically they didn't get promoted. Like I, they didn't get promoted. They just moved to a different apartment. Mm -hmm. So like all these things I can look at like quickly, all I gotta do is just click my leave my filter list and I can go through it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is like effectively like what I'm doing. Right. I'm just going through, I'm seeing what's going on. And then what I look to do is connect with people on LinkedIn. And then I do voice notes and videos. That's like the primary way that I reach out to people when I'm looking to get a meeting with them. And that's seemed to be, that seemed to be massively effective. If you don't want to do those two, what I do is I just, again, we'll talk to what we talked about. I ask questions like, Hey, like, how are you looking to do this? How are you looking to do that? Like, how are you currently addressing this? I just want to be seen as a person that's a trusted resource when I'm having these conversations. Yeah. Anyone actually in the, in the comments, um, anyone doesn't know how to do a LinkedIn voice note. Tell us if you don't just tell us, because that's like, that's the, the tool I, I love using. And no matter how many times I repeat that, how to do it, most people don't really know how to do like the, the LinkedIn voice note. So, um, I can actually show people everyone, everyone. So the idea of the LinkedIn voice note, just as like the native video or the GIF on LinkedIn is that you have to download the mobile app on your phone. And then once you're connected with someone, first degree connection, you go in the messages and there's a small microphone app or a microphone icon you can click on and you can keep uh, pushing that for 60 seconds. And then it's gonna show a blue bar with a triangle, a play triangle. And it's this international symbol for there's something behind, you know, when you click on the triangle, you know, there's gonna be some music or sound. And what mm -hmm. I found is people always listen to it because they see that and they're like, what is it? You know, compared exactly. to or anything they can already consult directly, they have to click on this to understand what's behind. And so I found that it creates so much curiosity. Uh, and so it's a really good way to get your message across. So it's the first kind of thing that is important is the creativity of the, of the, the channel. But then you know what you're saying there that is also important. Exactly. Yeah. So Ismail, again, you go on your mobile phone, download the LinkedIn app and look for the person you want to contact, click on the microphone icon, and then you're going to be able to do that. And the way I learned it was with my wife, who's a Mexican. And I don't know why, but Latinas seems to seem to always be uh, sending voice notes. To <laughs> and, you're, and you're like, oh, man, I got I got to learn this. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, that's a super, super prospecting tactic. So I was just like, also, yeah. this is uh, critical as well. If you were looking to these voice notes, first of all, you have to be first degree connected to the person. Yeah. People ask me that. And another thing is that 
if you're gonna if when you do the voice note please make sure that you add some context around it and saying like saying something because that's going to be like a critical piece of this function like if you're not saying something around the voice note it's not going to pan out well mm -hmm. and, and what i mean by that is you're probably going to get less people to listen to it i just i did like an a b test so what do i typically say like i literally will just be like hey carl I'll type it in the chat so everybody can see. Hey, Carl, looked at your profile and I noticed something. I literally would do something like that. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason I do that is because now it prompts you to figure out like, what, what did you notice, right? So what I do is I do things like dot, dot, dot. I might be like, I have, and I have a question for you, dot, dot, dot. So now you're feeling intrigued, right? To be like, oh, amazing. Like now I can go see exactly what's going on, yeah. right? So these are just things that like, I would just recommend to people, like when you're doing that voice on a video, have a little prompt. It doesn't need to be long just so people know like what's going to happen. Oh, as I mentioned, oops, wrong person. And then, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be thinking on that for sure. That would, that would be, that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure that, that would, that would work well, but if you want to go and try, I'm pretty sure people will click on that because you know, when you can't do it, you, you, you know, when you're forbidden to do it, you have, you want to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You mentioned video. Uh, our sponsor here is Tolstoy, actually. It's a video prospecting tool. Um, so before you could tell us a bit about how you use video, there's a small call to action in the video here that says try Tolstoy for free. So if you want to go and click uh, everyone and check it out, you can try it for free. But Morgan, tell us a bit more. What you, you know, what's video prospecting for you and how you're using it? Yeah, so video prospecting for me is just a way to show people that I'm human. And we talk about this a lot, like human to human prospecting. And you, you will probably have seen this and how people communicate, but ultimately, and things are shifting, but a lot of people are still working from home, right? They're not going to the office. They're like staying in their environment mm -hmm. because of that. They're interacting with less and less people. So, if you can send a video to someone that just shows, Hey, I'm looking to interact. I'm looking to connect, et cetera. And that way you're going to have a better, like just interaction with that person. So I found that by sending a video, it breaks through the noise and it makes people more open to having a conversation with you. So I highly recommend it for everyone to just like send a video. Like that's a great way to prospect, but it's also a great way to introduce yourself to someone that's like newer to that platform. Yeah. And I think on this, yeah, so it's still the case that I've seen a survey from Outsell. We did a survey with one of one of my partners. And you know, most people are in the US, in Europe, everywhere. There's not kind of like a big movement, at least in tech, to kind of go back to the office and just go and, and build that. So what I found is people, as you said, are staying in their own environment. And some people are really suffering from that, where they, they want to see other people, they want to be able to start conversations. And I think videos is a great tool for that. What I found yeah. also for me works well is just to consider it as a, because one thing that's always in, you know, in the SDR world is you have someone who buys a tool, you know, let's say a sales, an SDR manager and says, okay, we have this crazy video prospecting tool. Now let's switch everything on video prospecting. And then mm -hmm. it just work because people are super scared of videos. I mean, guys like you and me, we're just on video all the time. So we are yep. super comfortable with that, but most people are super afraid. So. What's your, your, your kind of tip on how to, you know, get rid of your, of your fear of video prospecting? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm curious if anyone in here is afraid of video prospecting, you know, would love to, you know, just see like where people are at with it. I'll be transparent. Like for me, like I was terrified, like the first video I made, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what's going on. Right. I've, I've really floundered and I just like 
I woke, I just kept waking up every single day though, being like, let's just do five a day. Yeah. That's what I told myself, like just five a day. Let's just start with five and let's just go from there. So then that's what I did. It was just like five a day, five a day, five a day. And over time I got more and more and more and more confident. And I always tell people like anything in life, if you look at it, you probably weren't confident in the beginning, right? Cold calling, you're probably like, this is going to suck, right? Sending a cold email, you're like, I'm probably going to get rejected, right? Like going on your first date, right? You're probably like, this is, I don't know about this, right? So like everything in life, it always starts with like, man, like, I don't know if I could do this. And I'm putting myself out there because it's me mm -hmm. as a video. However, I will tell you, most people don't do video because it's like, I'm exposing myself to this high degree. Mm -hmm. but most people don't receive videos because of that. So I always just think about, okay, most people are probably afraid. Most people don't know how to do the talk track. You know, just like someone mentioned, it's outside of their comfort zone. So typically if something is outside of someone's comfort zone, that means that most people probably aren't there, which yeah. means that there, there's more results that are there. So that's what I just started noticing when I was doing the videos. And this was back in like, when I first started doing like 2016, 2017. And like, there still is like a huge, like people that don't do it. And I just realized nobody was doing it. So like I got more responses from people Yeah, because they were like, oh, I've never seen this before. Or like, this is my first time ever getting a video like this. I was like, great. So like it just made my my life easier, yeah. right? So it's something to think about. Yeah. And that's that's the thing is um, I remember, for example, when you started SDR Chronicles, no one was doing podcasts. You know, it was like something big media companies yeah. were doing. And, and you say, I'm going to do a podcast. And... And, you know, I guess it was super scary to, to kind of go and get started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where you are now, you know, you, you've, you've stepped, yep. you're regularly stepping out of your comfort zone and, you know, it's, it's just expanding it. And as you said, yeah. you know, it's, if it's something scary, if it's something where you're, you're, you're not feeling super comfortable, it means most people are actually afraid of doing it, which gives you a crazy edge. So I think video prospecting, same for me, was the same for me where I was getting started. It was just like, I don't know what I'm saying. But yeah. then realize, you know, most people will just not even, they will ignore it, you know, just like anything else. So, and they won't yeah. even anything about you. They will just, you know, ignore or answer. So I think the- and most people feel like it's you have to be like a YouTuber, right? And like <laughs> it's like you don't you don't need to be a YouTuber to be successful at this. I know people who are introverts and they're successful in it, but they just have a different approach, right? They're very yeah. like thoughtful and methodical on how they do it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, there's some people who also as well um who can screen share and do it too. So like you don't have to be this YouTuber, like TikToker. Like mm -hmm. I don't I don't want people to think that like. There are people who have done it successfully and they're like not they're not insanely extroverted at all <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't have to to dance and everything for me i just think it's you know it's uh you don't need to be super creative you just for me i just see it as a voice note like a voicemail you're yeah. leaving and you have your face on it basically so if you think about it this way you just open a new tab look somewhere else because people are not used to hearing their voices or seeing their faces yeah. in this opposite direction so it's really just about hacking your brain so you just forget about being recorded typically yeah, yeah absolutely cool so let's take some questions now um so we have here a question from usam who asked how many days i should wait after i become a connection to someone and what is the best approach i guess you know once you're connected when do you yeah wait? so i'll give you an overall approach what i feel like is best what i tell clients and you know what i'm telling my reps right now is wait two days and then approach typically people like when they get a connection request they immediately pitch so you again yeah. we're thinking about like the goal is to think about what are people not doing mm -hmm. like 
I don't know if you've heard of uh, inverse thinking before. It's like a new concept that I've been like really using a lot to like figure out like what actually makes good prospecting because prospecting is not just for SDRs, it's for everything like account executives, CSMs, et cetera. So I always think about like, how do I, like, how can I make this the worst prospecting experience? That's what I actually think about first, okay. right? So the worst experience for someone on LinkedIn is to connect with him and then immediately hit them up with this long note mm -hmm. or hit them up with something generic or unpersonalized or spam them and just like send them random nothingness. Yeah. That would be the worst experience. That's what I think of first. Then I'm like, okay, let's just do the opposite. <laughs> so like yeah. basically let's not probably reach out the first day. Let's wait like two days, right? Let's wait three days. Maybe I'll like something that they posted if they post it because some people don't, right? Maybe I'll comment on something if they have a post, right? So how you could be successful at this is like, what would be the worst possible experience? Then you think about, okay, let's just do the opposite of that. So that's why I do two days mm -hmm. because most people are not doing that. Yeah. They connect and they immediately pitch. So that's my answer to that question. Oh, I love that. And I think overall in life, you know, it's, uh, you have these crowd effects or I don't know, like online, you know, it's, it kind of becomes a place sometimes where it's just super negative. And so everyone's doing the same and everyone's yep. kind of like, you know, thinking just without, you know, just like reacting emotionally to, uh, you know, clickbaits and whatever. And so what can you do that is the opposite? For me, for example, I was like, what's the worst that could happen in my life? And it could be to watch Facebook, you know, Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, just like waste all my time. And I was like, oh, that's actually what I'm yeah. doing. So I cut everything. Now I just have LinkedIn. And so it's just really the opposite where I don't even know what Facebook is about anymore. And so it's just you do the opposite. And I think in life, just look at what everyone's doing and think, okay, maybe I could do something a bit different. You don't need to do exactly. the exact opposite, but I love this thing of considering what's the worst and doing the opposite. That's, that's it. And the yeah. thing is, y'all, most of you have seen what the worst is. And most people still do what they don't like, which I don't quite understand, right? Like you all have bad emails in your inbox. And then most people don't read the emails they're sending out. It's the same thing that you don't like, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, just do the opposite of what you don't like. Yeah. And then that will probably lead to the more results. I mean, again, that's me just saying it hypothetically, but like tactically, like that's yeah. the way you need to go about this. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a, a question from Shannon here who asks, what do you tend to use in the connection request or do you not send a note with the connection requests? Yeah, I don't send a note. And I, and also like, I'll take a step back on this one. And I know in each region, this could be different, right? There are certain places in Europe that like this would not fly. Like I know that like in Germany probably wouldn't fly. France probably wouldn't fly. Italy possibly wouldn't fly. Right. Some places in like uh japan definitely not like singapore so let me just add that like i know it can be different in each place like mm -hmm. i understand that however holistically for the most part like no note is going to lead you to higher acceptance uh connection rates mm -hmm. like in the thousands and hundreds of thousands of people i've trained i've seen that to be consistent so that's just something to keep in mind i mean i personally i train a lot of people in germany france uk yeah it's the same thing basically what you see is that uh what's going to make your connection request so it's a very kind of primal thing when we receive a connection request it's often our phones we see a face a headline a banner not really yeah. banner actually but just how many people we connected with and then you see some uh, some kind of like if there's a message you're going to see something and when it says we provide lead generation and you're like okay i'm not going to read that ignore it yeah and sometimes when it's really well done you're like okay i'm going to click on accept because i'm more primed to do it exactly so I found that in Germany, it's the same. You know, it's just very similar. The thing is, 
notes mm. can be super powerful if you are extremely precise. So if someone is listening here to us. Oh, and yeah, amazing. This is yeah. what you should do. Exactly. That would be good because, for example, you, you receive tons of connection requests every day and that can help you filter to see, okay, someone has been listening to me. They have some questions or whatever. But in most cases, we're pretty weak with our connection requests. So I think it's no note is a, is a better thing there. And and also as well, like Daniel's talking about this, like it, it I'll actually want to go a little deeper and I see where you're going with it. It's actually not the more so sometimes the title. It's actually two, I mean, the, the profile picture, yes, but it's actually two pieces. It's the headline and it's the mutual connections. Mm -hmm. That's where most people go wrong. Cause like, I'm not, I most likely won't accept you if you have no mutual connections with me. Cause it's like a bias thing, right? It's like, do you know the same people that I do? Right. Otherwise I might not want to connect with you because you, you're, you're not in my network. Right. If you think about anything in life, like you don't get invited to certain things cause you're not in the network. Right. Yeah. I'm not getting invited to the rocks party right now. Right. I'm not in that network someday, yeah. hopefully, but I'm not getting invited to that. Right. Yeah. But if the rock was like, yo, Morgan's cool. I probably could go hang out with Kevin Hart, like Jack Black, et cetera. So like you have to take that in consideration. Yeah. And so also your headline is a big piece of this. Cause like you could have like sales in your title or growth or whatever, but if your headline is trash and it just says like account executive, like yeah. I'm not trashing that. I'm just saying that like, there's a thousands and millions of account executives. Mm -hmm. Right. You have to like to what we were talking about here. You have to talk about how you actually help that person. Yeah. Headline and mutual connections will get you way further along than anything else when you're mm -hmm. connecting with people. That's why the no note is effective if you do it right. And yeah. that's why I recommend people when you're doing a no note that you want to connect with people in the organization that typically aren't VPs and directors first to build that social capital in the organization. So when you do reach out with a no note, you have mutual connections in the organization mm -hmm. and they're more willing to connect with you. So like, just these are very like nuanced things, but that's why it actually you end up yeah. getting higher acceptance rates. Morgan, have you seen the series Bad Vegan on Netflix? I, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen yeah. it. So at some point, that's very interesting because uh, it talks about plenty of things. But the the main thing is like it's a, it's a, it's a woman who actually kind of falls in love with someone, and she's very protective at first, but she kind of say you know she kind of like thinks this person is actually a good person because the person. As someone, uh, so there's Alec Baldwin that is commenting okay. on one of his tweets. So she's like, oh, they must be connected. They must be friends. And, you know, Alec Baldwin is a good friend of mine and he's popular mm -hmm. and everything. And I guess it's just a psycho, actually, the, the, the guy she's with. So very interesting to see how, you know, the, our perception of familiarity and, and, you know, being part of a tribe is really important. And I think on LinkedIn, that's the thing. If you see people you're connected with in your connection requests, I think that's the biggest criteria in accepting or not is am I, you know, safe accepting this person because this person is vetted by other people or is he exactly. a total stranger? Yeah, absolutely. And and I know what some of y'all are thinking. You're like, you go look at my profile, like Morgan, you have hundreds and thousands of followers. You've been like, and I understand that. I'm telling you what I did when I was an SDR, when I had no followers mm -hmm. before content, this is what I was doing. And we've also coached other people on this as well. And they were able to see massive wins. So I'm saying this from like a, framework standpoint rather than just like hey this is me this is you know we're just we're doing our thing like it's that framework piece but i think what you just said is like an amazing example as well for people to see and you have a series to watch for the weekend if you don't have anything to do yeah, exactly, exactly. I, got, I got something new to watch <laughs> cool so uh, i think we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up uh uh now so Morgan, any last word? Where can people maybe reach out? Should they include a connection, uh, a word, a note in the connection request if they want to reach out? <laughs> I'll be, can we, do we have time to answer these, these last questions here? Uh, we, we're going to wrap. 
Uh, I mean, we have one. We have one from Kyle here. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't see this one. Let's go ahead. So, what Morgan approach workflow to those prospects following our company? Does he approach? Or I'm not sure. I understand. Uh, oh, so I think he's asking. So when ahead. he sees, okay. So when you see the the um following from the company, what am I saying? I think that's exactly what you're talking about, Kyle. Let me know if I'm wrong there. So. It, like the easiest way to go about this, because I thought about it a couple of times. So I've maybe tested this. Why does someone follow a company page? Right? Mm -hmm. That's like the first part. That's the question I have to ask. Like, why are they clicking follow? Right? Is it because of the logo? Probably not. Right? I've never clicked. I've never followed. Oh, this logo is sick. Like, I'm not going to click follow yeah. for that. I'm gonna be like, this is a cool logo. I'm going to move on. Right? Is it because the product was good? Maybe. Right? Was it because they had a good uh, buyer experience? Potentially, but why do, why would someone follow the company page? It's probably because they like the content mm -hmm. or they went to a webinar, right? Or maybe, I mean, this is super rare. They downloaded a form fill and they liked what they read, Yeah. right? So then I thought of, okay, so what do those all fall into? Those all fall into content. So then I was, okay. So what I when I reach out to people, I say like, hey, like Kyle, Thanks for following my uh, thanks for following my company or thanks for following whatever company it is. And then my question is, what what content prompted you to follow us? Mm -hmm. Because what I'm trying to figure out is what content did they like to click the follow button? Now, here's the extended part of this that like most people miss. Yes, I want them to answer the question and I want to know the content so I can start a conversation and obviously sell them on something. Mm -hmm. What I'm really doing though is. If they keep telling me what the content is over time, I can find out what content to put inside of our pipeline motions. Yeah. So now I can be like, hey, many of our customers, and I'm not lying, many of our customers, many of our clients, many of our prospects, whatever you want to say, have said that this piece of content really resonates with them. Here are the three reasons why. Do you want to go check it out? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's not me. That's not me like making stuff up. That's from them. Right. Yeah. So the more this is why I love the followers piece is not to get just to get meetings. I'm getting data from people that already follow the company. I'm using that data to then go get more customers inside yeah. of my pipeline and I can continuously run this motion. So that's what I ask people. And I, and I've, I found that one to be the best. And I've even yeah. asked that question and it leads directly to meetings and it's amazing. So I would definitely do that. Yeah. I love it because you, you're starting conversations here using this trigger and, and then people are telling you what they like. And, yeah. and often if you have a business, that's the thing sometimes people forget is that uh, if you're, you know, you're just working for a business that is doing okay, often it's because it's solving the same problem for many people, you know, like right. for the same type of people in, you know, in terms of job titles or whatever. And so if you can see, okay, this is things I like here and here and here, you're doing some kind of market research that is very inexpensive. And as an SDR, it's so important to be, I think. SDR is, I think, for me, the most important job because that's the real voice of the market, of the customer. Exactly. And that's why, yes. you know, having this approach of getting feedback is really good to drive your outreach in the end. Yeah, and I want to, and someone asked about bulk um, ads. You can do, you can do bulk ads. You just have to do it by listing on the, um, when you're in sales nav, you just do click, 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 and then you can save uh, on top of that. You can also do safe searches and do it that way too. So that's like a bulk ad. There's obviously, there's external tools outside of obviously sales now that you could use to do that. Um, I'm not going to dive into that because the LinkedIn is going to come after me. Yeah. You can figure it out yourself. I don't want LinkedIn coming after me. We're, we're cool now. So like, I'm not trying to do that. 
Uh, last thing that I, well, two things that I'll add as we wrap up here. Inside of Sales Nav, there's something called Spotlights. Everyone should have this. Go look at it if you don't, but we all have to have the new UI. My, I'm giving you all homework. You're like, oh, Morgan, you give me homework. Like, trust me, I don't like homework in school. Like, I never did it. So the thing is like, but this is this is homework to make you money. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Like, I think like, I'm not giving you homework so you can just, I'm going to give you a grade. Like, I'm giving you homework to make you money. So I think, I think we can all be cool with that. Yeah. So in Spotlights, there's change jobs in 90 days. I'm looking at right now. Mention in the news 30 days. Posted in LinkedIn in the past 30 days, following your company, shared experience with you in Team Link Intro. Shared experience is Team Link Intro. You don't have to worry about those as much. But what I would recommend, and actually I'm doing this right now. So this is like, I'm not telling y'all things that like I don't do. Like right now in, the, in my organization, I'm looking at pipeline motions for SDRs, AEs, and CSMs. And I'm like, how can we get more pipeline, obviously, to close more deals? One of the things that I'm creating is a flow. So I'm going to create messaging for change jobs in 90 days. Mm-hmm. messaging for if they've been mentioned in the news in the last 30 days, posted on LinkedIn in 30 days and following their company as well. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to create, here's what you need to say. If, right. If you're reaching out to them, Hey, saw you change your job in the 90 days. This is how we help. Boom. You've been mentioned in the news the last 30 days. This is what this means. Boom. So yeah. if you have flows for it, then you just like are faster. Mm-hmm. My last thing I will say is that like y'all spent some time here. I'm hopefully this was helpful. You can let us know in the chat if this was helpful and insightful. I uh, appreciate you taking 45, 46 minutes out of your day to listen to us uh, chop it up here. So definitely let us know if it was insightful because it obviously just it's just helpful to see that this was like a use of your time. And I will just tell you like use one thing that I said today. That's all I'm asking. Like because then it'd be a waste of your time. Because <laughs> you listen for 46 minutes and then you did nothing, right? Like that's just I feel like the, actually the biggest waste of time is people listening to podcasts. Because you listen to all these hours of podcasts and you, then you inherently do nothing. Like yeah. don't do that. Like actually go do something. So that's my last piece uh, that I have here today. Great, thank you so much, Morgan. That was super insightful and uh, was pretty cool to to hear. And I think people, if they listen and don't do anything, it's because we're too entertaining. So they just want to go. <laughs> that could be it too. That could be it too. It's fine for them. So it's it's okay. But yeah, do one of the things, you know, Morgan told, uh, said. So I think that's a, that's a really good thing there. And to everyone asking, yes, there's a recording. So you're going to re- receive like an email with the recording. And uh, you're going to be able to, to access that right away. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, Morgan. You have a good day and talk to you soon. Yeah. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to that episode. If you like what you hear and you want to explore more, I invite you to join the Selling Advantage community. It's a paid community we're running with Skip Miller, where you're going to get access to a content library with training, checklist, and exclusive resources. You'll also get access to our experimentation swipe file and a Discord group with 150 Texas people. We also have online events where we invite special guests, a regular Ask Us Anything, and our content is focused on sales for North America and EMEA. If you want to check it out, go to sellingadvantage.io or click on the link in the show notes and you'll be able to sign up. 